Good afternoon, everyone. If I don't have met you before, my name is Peter. It's lovely to meet you. Uh, thanks for coming along and being part of it this afternoon today. Um, uh, I, I like jokes. I like bad jokes. I'm a dad. That's okay. And there was a certain day when I discovered puns. Uh, and, you know, what concerns me really is that one day I'll wind up an old man and he'll attack me. Uh, I went for a bushwalk the other, other day and Mel said, hey, Pete, how come you always walk in front of me? And I said, sorry, I don't follow you. Um, the, uh, the, then she started throwing words at me beginning with TH and I managed to dodge them but I didn't see that coming my brother likes playing darts at the back of mum and dad's house and there's this dartboard there and one day he came up to me and he said why did you put super glue on my, my darts and I just said you just can't let it go can you then I looked out the backyard and saw my dad he was slumped over the lawnmower crying so I asked mum what's wrong with him and she said he's going through a rough patch Man, the groans just got more and more sad as we went on, didn't we? Now, there, there was a purpose for putting you guys through that. You'll need to, suffering has a meaning. Um, if, if I hadn't used the exact words, oh, you just can't let it go, can you? If I had a, the, the joke doesn't work because you don't get the double meaning. If I'd said, oh, heart really stuck to you, then there's not even a bad joke. There's just no joke. And the story doesn't make any sense. Now, which means that sometimes you need to see the exact words that someone's saying rather than someone just translating the idea to get what's really going on. That makes sense? So our passage today is a little bit like that. So just for today, very rarely am I ever going to do this, uh, we're going to go for a more literal translation so that you can see exactly what's there to try and pick up what Paul is putting down. Now, our translations are really, really good. You can trust them. You read your Bible, think, yes, this is a faithful translation of the originals. Uh, NIV 2011, is, I really like it. It's a great translation. Uh, but just so that we get Paul's puns, today we're going to go for a more literal translation. So, the wonderful Amanda, if you could read the Bible for us, we would love that. Thank you. Sorry, I completely messed you up. Sorry, Tim. You go for it. I'll let you in control. Dad, that was great dad jokes going on there. Uh, okay, so if you don't know me, Sol, my name is Amanda. We will be reading from Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 to 23 today. Therefore, don't let anyone judge you in terms of food and drink or about a festival, new moon or Sabbath, which are shadows of what was coming, the body of Christ. Don't let them disqualify you, desiring humility and worship of angels. That person goes into his visions and puffs up his fleshly mind in vain, but has not grasped onto the head, from which the whole body, via the joints and connections, grows the growth of God. If you died with Christ from the principles of the world, why, as if you're living in the world, do you obey? Don't handle, don't taste, don't touch. These get used up as they're consumed according to the commandments and teachings of men. This message has, on one hand, a wisdom in self-imposed religion and humility achieved by neglect of the body but does not value the filling of the flesh. Thank you. Now, you'd be pleased to know that there are no more puns, or at least none from me. Um, but there's some in the Bible. So last week, Paul laid down his, his one first, in fact, key commandment, get deeper with Jesus, walk in him, dig deep roots in him, invest in that relationship. And this week, he warns us about things that threaten to stop us from doing that. 
uh, pursuits that get our energy directed elsewhere into the things of this world and the people who might tempt us to do that. So let's kick off with two instructions for how we are to walk. And the first one is there in verse 16. Therefore, don't let anyone judge you in terms of food and drink or about a festival, new moon, or a Sabbath. Now, Paul knew the Colossians would have been susceptible to, to judging talk like this. So you've got to remember, the Colossians are only recent additions to the people of God. Uh, the great mystery of God that had been hidden for centuries was that non-Jews could join it at all, and it had only recently become unhidden. Uh, the Jewish law that excluded them had only very recently been nailed to the cross and cancelled. So words of contempt like Gentiles, pork eaters, are you really going to drink that? Where were you at Passover this year? New moon this month? Did, did, did you do any work on the Sabbath this week? See, even if those words weren't said, you can imagine the Gentile Colossians might have been feeling them as they're seeing the, the, their Jewish spiritual-looking practices going on in and around them, even within their church. <sighs> Look at you. It's obvious you're not one of us. And I don't know about you, but I just wonder if some of you have had people in church make you feel that. Just the way that they are, just the way that you are, make you feel, oh, I don't know if I'm one of them. I don't know if I really belong here. Or maybe it's your fears that took something that someone said and then you said it to yourself and have repeated it to yourself. Actually, I'm not sure if I belong there. See, when Paul says, don't let them judge you, he doesn't mean exactly the same thing as what the youth mean when they say, oh, don't judge me. Uh, the 21st century person's primary thought when thinking about being judged is, how does it make me feel? Uh, whereas the Colossian question in, Sorry, the Colossian question is, to whom does it mean that I belong? Am I excluded or included? And the hint of that first pun, so a hint of that is the first pun that Paul uses. Because the word body can mean two different things. Uh, you might have been picking up that the body of Christ is a metaphor for God's people in, um, in Colossians and throughout the New Testament. And Paul's been using it so much in this letter gets a surprising mention here again in verse 17. What was coming is the body of Christ. You see, the Jewish food laws, the Old Testament festivals, they are shadows of what is coming, the body of Christ. It's one of Paul's puns, because body can just mean a, a body, but when you use it in the same sentence as the word shadow... The word body means, sort of, the, if I put my hand up and cast a shadow, the word body means the thing that is blocking the light and casting the shadow. So it's like people who, like, you know, some people who know things about wine or coffee. We've got a couple of people. Yeah, we've got some people here who know things about wine or coffee, right? And, you know, that you, you heard people talk about, oh, it's got a nice body to it, the, 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 the wine. And, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of got a specific meaning. I mean, something about the texture. And they might even... Um, make a racy joke along with that. Oh, nice body. Um, now, Paul pairs body with shadow here. And what that means is the thing that blocks the light and the image that it leaves on the ground. So, back to the verse. Now, the verse, so the verse therefore could mean the body that was to come is Christ, or it could mean the thing that was to come is the body of Christ. 
See, the law was just a shadow cast by Jesus. That, that's a thing, that's a thought that if you're familiar with Christian things, you've probably heard many, many times before. But Paul makes the pun implying that the universe hasn't just been waiting for Jesus, though it has, that the universe hasn't just been thinking, oh my goodness, I can't wait for my creator to return and, and even I can't wait for my creator be to become a part of me and, and enter the world as, as a human and, and to save the world. I can't just wait for that. I'm actually waiting for the people that he's come to save as well. The universe has actually been waiting for us. Paul hints here. The universe has been waiting for years for you. People who aren't Jews, who, who have no particular claim to this Jewish Israelite God, to become a part of his people. Sure, Jesus is the only way you can qualify for membership in God's people. It's all about him. It's all about him. It's not about you. But creation has also been waiting for your inclusion in him, hanging out to see you included in that group. As Romans 8, the whole of creation groans, waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. It's an incredible thought. Creation's been hanging out for you to be revealed as one of God's people. You don't merit it, we don't deserve it, but it's a beautiful truth in Christ. Now we get to the second instruction. We meet the second person not to listen to. And if the first person to ignore was contemptuous of people who they were trying to exclude, the second one is impressive. Have a look, verse 18. Don't let them disqualify you. The kind of person who desires humility and worship of angels. That one goes into his visions and puffs up his fleshly mind in vain. Now, Paul hasn't been to Colossae, but he's met a certain kind of person often enough to know that the Colossians will meet this guy one day too. The kind of person who is super spiritual. That, this person is impressive. They, they, they are convincing. And, and if they looked suspect, then they wouldn't really be a danger, right? This is a person who really looks the part. They look like they've got something extra to offer. They desire humility, which is actually not... You might see in your other translations, false humility, but the word's just humility. The same word as Paul says, hey, this is a good thing to have in the next chapter on. So it's, it's, it's a convincing trait that this person desires humility. Uh, he's on intimate terms with angels. This is very cool, spiritually speaking, particularly for the Jews at that time. They loved angels. And this guy seems to have a word from God himself in visions. It's impressive. And if you were thinking, oh, I don't feel like I'm growing so much and I'd love to just change a bit more. You ever felt that? Love to be, love to be a better version of me, a different person. Well, this is the kind of guy who you might think, maybe this is, maybe he's got the things, maybe he's got what I don't. He could easily convince you that he's onto something with his very potent religious practices. And what does Paul say is wrong with this? Well, actually, first off, he says, well, nothing, nothing's wrong with this. I mean, the angels that they mention likely refer to the angels God, um, in, according to Jewish tradition, used to give the Old Testament law to Israel. It, it's not a pagan sort of untrue God thing. What these Colossians were being impressed by was to go back to Jewish law, something that's actually from God originally, religion that comes from God. So it's not that they're being offered something that's bad in and of itself, but it's no Jesus. It's not Christ. And that, that is the problem. You see, there's a lot of ways you could live your life. Um, I don't know what you live for. But you, you could spend and live most of your time trying to set up a decent career for yourself, set up a good nest egg of money for your family to set your kids up so that they go well, you'll be able to give them a good education um, and just give them a good start in life. You could live just 
Some of us are just trying to get by, <laughs> trying to survive. Food in the mouths of our kids would be enough. Uh, you just getting a pass grade in your uni course would be enough. Or maybe you could, maybe for some of us, you're climbing, trying to climb the leaderboards in, in, in your favourite video game or in some sport that you want to get to the top of. Or, or maybe you just want to feel a peace in yourself and, and you could go spiritual. You, you could get into Buddhism, yoga, work for world peace. But whichever of these games that you're playing, whichever of these leaderboards that you're in, whichever of these sets of standards that you're deciding to live your life by, and, and whether you're winning at them and feeling awesome, or whether you're losing and it, and it is a constant burden to you that you don't live up to your own standards, you're playing the wrong game is what Paul says. They're the games of this world. And he says, I don't care if it's spiritual, if it's religious, even if it promises to make you a better person, even if it's got some value. It's not Christ. Christ is, is God entered this world. Christ is God in skin. And so whatever else you've got, it can only offer the things of this world. Because Christ can offer the creator, your creator, himself. And something from this world can only offer you something from this world. It cannot connect you with God. And it can't make you his person, no matter how good you are at it. This Mindfulness is kind of a cool thing, a cool psychological sort of set of techniques. It can help you be calmer, more present. Physical fitness is kind of a helpful thing. Um, cardiovascular fitness, apparently, if like you could bottle, bottle its uh, effects and sort of market it as a drug, like it, 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 it's sort of like it's got everything everyone sort of wants to have. Environmental awareness this is so important for, 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 the, for this world. They've got all got good elements to them, but what don't they have? They don't produce this one thing. Because they're not Jesus. They don't produce the growth of God. Where's that, Where's that little line there? See, there's this person who pr promotes these other ways of... It's not getting even to God. It's just getting to, having a standard that you sort of want to measure yourself against. But whatever program you go, whatever game you're into, you're in the wrong game if it's not in growing the growth of God. Growing the growth that God has for you connecting with the one who made you. Now, sunflowers are kind of cool. I don't know if you, you know this, but they're not just sunflowers because they look like the sun. They actually follow the sun. Like, uh, one of my kids asked me the other day, can plants move? And I was like, actually, hold on, yeah, some of them can. I wouldn't have thought that, you know, Venus flytraps, of course, they're pretty cool. But, but sunflowers actually literally follow the sun. And that is what Christians need to be like in this world. This is what Paul's saying. Whatever other game is on offer, yeah, you know, it's okay. You've got to play your soccer, you've got to do your exercise, you've got to do these other things that are part of life. But be following the sun. Have your gaze fixed on Jesus. Grow up into him because he is God in skin. Now, one of the things that comes along with that is that none of these other things has the power to truly change you. This is what the growth of God means there. You see, uh, there's two parts to the growth of God. The growth of God, of course, means the kind of the growth that God would have you grow, so growing in the kind of things that God wants you to grow in, but also the growth that comes from God. It's another one of Paul's puns. He's got two, two different growths in mind there. Now, in the Colossians case, they were being told there's this religious game that they should play. If you do the right rituals, you know, get up and fast, go observe the festivals, uh, neglect your body, treat your body harshly, then you'll get there. But, but it could be any game. 
it could be the, the top of the, the top of the finance game. It could be the, um, the the top of sport game. It could be the top of the social ladder game. And Paul says here, you're missing out on the growth of God. The one thing that you need, you're not going to become a different person with that. Jim Carrey's got this great great line where he says. Um, you know, Jim Carrey, sure, a little bit crazy, but sometimes he comes up with some good things. And he says, uh, I wish that every single person could be like me and like win Oscars, Golden Globes, have, ha- have, have it all, get to the top of your field, have everything you'd ever dreamed of. I want everyone in the world to have that so they would know that it does not satisfy you. I want you to get it so that you'd realise that it doesn't change who you are. Now, where are we? We're a bit further on than I thought. So if you want to grow, this is, this, is, this is the only game in town, Paul says. Go to Jesus via the church. Did you notice that there at the end? Via the joints and connections? In the context of, of, of Colossians, it's clearly talking about the relationships that we've got in the church. That's what Paul's been on about. So what Paul says here is if you want to grow, if you're sitting there thinking, you know what, I'd love to be better me. What's the, what's the only game in town? Put yourself in contact with other Christians and go to Jesus together. Not just on a Sunday afternoon, but like a sunflower, whenever you can. Pray, sing, bear your soul with each other, connect with your heart deeply and then take that to God, beg for mercy for him from your sins, be with God and his people. How high priority do you put on deepening your relationships with each other but then also making them Godward, Jesus-facing relationships. I find it's really hard to do. I don't know about you. First of all, I find it hard to be deep in my relationships with the other people at church. It's easier to pretend that I'm better than I am and less sinful than I am because I like people to like me and think that I'm a good guy. So that's hard to do to start with. But then for some reason we almost feel a little bit shy to then pray together and go to God together and make the conversation something that is about our connection with Him. But this is the game. This is it. This is how we grow. Be sunflowers. Invest in that. The good thing is, no one can judge you for that. You see that here? It's, it, feels, it feels, both of the two reasons that I said for me, and this is just me revealing my sin, um, both of the two reasons that I told you for me that it was hard to do are actually self-consciousness, I'm feeling judged for things. It's hard to deepen my relationship with my, with my fellow Christians because I feel self-conscious about it. Or maybe they won't like me. Maybe they won't, maybe they won't want to hang out with me. Maybe they'll think I'm an idiot if I tell them who I really am. And then it feels sort of weird or awkward to, to then go to Jesus together. Both of them are being judged issues. But here Paul says, don't let anyone judge you for this. Don't let anyone judge you. You've got Jesus. You know the problem with that impressive guy? He's missed this connection with Jesus. He's, he's not grasped onto the head of the body, Christ. That's his problem. That's why he can't help you with anything. That's why I'll have all sorts of, all sorts of flashy things that might, make, might seem good and might have some actual value. They do, but they won't give you the growth of God. Don't let anyone judge you for investing in that. And of course, no one can. So you belong here if you're in Christ. That's what Paul says. Now look, this is the thing. When we allow other things to take hold, play their games... We live like we've never died. You see that here in uh, verse 20. We live like we've never died. 
We've been playing this idea in, in Colossians, as Paul has been, that, that when, when, Je- when we got connected with Jesus, and then, well, because he died on the cross, it's like when we got connected with him, our, our life ended there. And all of the wrongness and all of the badness got ended and, t- and, and finished there and cancelled. And now you're living a whole new life of freedom. It's like a fresh start. And Paul says here, if you died with Christ and principles of the world, why would you let them hang around your neck? Why would you let embarrassment or shame or, or, or rules or regulations feel like, oh, I should do this, I should exercise more, or I should look like this, I should be like that, I should be this successful, I, don't, I haven't met the standards. Paul says, you're living like you didn't die. What's the, what are you doing? Gym discipline and having this incredible body won't make you feel loved. It has a certain value, but it won't make you grow with the growth of God. Watching Jocko Willink and Jordan Peterson videos is, is not going to make you grow with the growth of God. On the one hand, the sort of the people who might be sort of tend towards those kind of videos, maybe someone who tends towards the opposite kind of videos, Brené Brown and, and other vulnerability sort of, sort of stuff. Well, then that's not going to make you grow with the growth of God either. You might learn some things, but you're not going to feel what it's like for the God of the universe to love you deeply. You're not going to have gone to a brother or sister and shared the deepest most most awful parts of you and said, do you still love me? And they say, yes, brother, I love you. Let's go to Jesus. Tell him because he loves you even more than I do. The gospel, you won't have that. That's where we change. That's where we grow. That's how the power for the growth of God. So we be like sunflowers. We do all these things with our brothers and sisters for Jesus, to Jesus. So do you need to have a job, career, exercise, tidy room, all those things you're told to do? Sure, you can, you, you can do all those things, but you do those things for Jesus, in Christ, with your brothers and sisters. Don't play any other games where those, the game, rules of those games define you, as if they'll qualify you for anything. Jesus is the only game in town. What steals your joy? Just as we finish, what steals your joy? What do you hold against yourself? What standards do you use to judge or even exclude yourself? Think about it. What what hurts your joy? What are those voices in your head that judge or exclude you? That's what those evil spiritual powers are trying to do, remember, a couple chapters ago? Use standards to exclude you, to accuse you. But Jesus has pants them, remember? He cancelled them. They don't have a voice or a say over you. So brother or sister, why do we give them a say in our hearts and in our heads? Don't let them. God tells you not to to permit anyone else to judge you, you who is holding on to Jesus. Then why would he permit you to exclude or judge you? He doesn't. If you're in Christ, you're one of the ones the universe has been waiting for since it was created. And if you don't know Christ, the universe is is waiting for you to get to know him, to be loved by him, to experience what it's like to be loved exactly as you are. And so if you do know him, don't let them take your focus away from playing the game of growing your relationship with Jesus via the church. It's the only game in town. The world will try to get you to follow it but we're supposed to live as though we've died. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for Christ. Thank you that we live with him, that we live in him. Thank you that he knows us. 
but he knows me, the idiot guy up the front here trying to preach these things, who has got a dark heart and needs, needs forgiveness. And thank you that in knowing us, you still love us. You, the God of the universe, who arranged this universe to exist, loves puny people like us and, and delights for us to be yours. So, Father, help us to be sunflowers. Help, help us to deeply invest in our friendships at church. But not just as friendships, because like, of the friendship we need, but to do it going to Jesus together. Connected to the head. Father, there's two hard things to do. To connect with each other deeply and honestly and to, and to then go to Jesus together. But, Father, we ask you that we would be in that game, the only game in town. The only game that gets us to grow in the ways that you want us to grow and has the power to do it. Father, we, we desperately want this grain to be who you've made us to be, the real version of us that you envisioned at the start. Please, we pray, help us not to get distracted by anything else, any other judging thought that might try to exclude us. When you have said no, you are included. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen.